Hey yo, welcome back to AIW's The Card Is Going To Change. My name is Ronald Two Legs, and as always, I'm joined by AIW owner John Thorne. What's up, Thorne? We're back two weeks in a row. Back for two weeks in a row, and we are joined this week by special guest, AIW commentary, Dustin Alberti. What's up, Dustin? I am the commentary. One, Hard, one, one half, the, one third, one, you know. I am the, the entire commentary. That is me. <laughs> well, no, we got Wadsworth, Mr. Zagura. I got a couple rotating casts, but, you know, part we of do. the commentary team. They're, they're all better than me. I just, I go along with it. <laughs> I'm just not the worst. That's why I'm still there. <laughs> Who's the worst? Let's get to the heart of the matter. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Who's the worst? Well, I don't know. I thought that's a lot of quiet. Quiet. Are you asking me or are you asking? I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not getting myself in trouble. Who we burying, brother? <laughs> <laughs> Who we burying? <laughs> do you well, yeah, remember we, uh, that? Do, do you, honestly, do you remember that? Two legs. Of course. Yes. Yes. Of course I do. Honestly, speaking of just burying people, probably Josh Bishop. Josh Bishop, not great at commentary. Has he done commentary in AIW? I've heard him do commentary on stuff. I don't know if he's ever done it on AIW, but he gets a little off off uh, yeah, off the tracks. Ever, I don't know if he's ever done commentary in an official capacity. <laughs> Maybe not officially. Yeah, look at us, though. Uh, what is this, three weeks in a row here? Uh, putting out a podcast. Yeah, two, I don't know. Two, Probably two, three. three, I don't know. They say, what they say, Major League, that's called the winning. Put two, three together, it's called the winning streak. What do you guys want to talk about? You know, uh, we could we got a lot of options. Uh, you know, we could recap the last show. We got Dustin here. Anything you want to bring to the table, Dustin? Anything you want to? Any grievances? I'm, we were airing grievances last airing week. Grievances. I did hear the airing of grievances. <laughs> yeah, so we're giving out. Dustin, I guess uh, I don't know. You know, I'll just throw throw up a softball for you. You've been you've been coming to AIW for a long, long time. Uh, I don't know what the years are at this point, but uh, I guess what is. Uh, what what's it like to now you know because uh two legs you're kind of in a similar situation to now kind of be behind the curtain as they say you know like what what has that been like for you um it's weird i so my first show was absolution five so it was a while ago and then uh i've been pretty much at every show since the first jaylen so i mean it's been a while i i mean it was a kind of easy if it makes sense, like to go from like just being a fan to kind of being more involved, because even as just a fan, I was always one of like the sounding boards for you and Biggins. It's like, oh, Dustin, what do you think of this? Or oh, hey, what? Look at this, and you send me like a a, a graphic or something that isn't, isn't announced yet, and you're like, oh. So I kind of already had a peek backstage, which was always kind of nice. Um, but it's just it's so weird. To, see all the people who've like come and gone over the years along with me there's been a lot of that yeah um who we it's just it's crazy who we bill all i don't think we're allowed to bring up half of those people anymore yeah there's a ndas in the in the house yes yeah I don't, <laughs> uh yeah i don't i mean it, my memory is just awful to be honest like I always thought that Biggins would be around forever, so like he would just remember things for on my behalf, and then like I wouldn't use the bandwidth up in my brain. So <laughs> now there's a lot of stuff that's just like just gone forever. Yeah, it's definitely a thing that I miss about Biggins. Like we were talking about, it. we had the meeting a couple weeks ago, and a couple things came up, and I was like, man, I just like wish Biggins was here right now because his his thought process and some of the things that were going on would have been. A plus, A plus, uh, comedy reaction. Oh, I think he was there because I've, I've, I've never experienced like yeah. a poltergeist like uh, like happened when um, you know a couple a, a couple thing a, a couple ideas were you know presented and uh, lights started flickering and TV started turning on and off and uh, so I think we we originally thought it was God then we realized it was just big and saying just stop ruining my company. Yeah, he said relax. Uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, it's just it's been it's really been crazy kind of crazy ride, I guess so to speak. But and I feel like even this podcast is going to take a little it's going to take a little time to get to get this 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 trio this week in in a little bit of a a rhythm and a routine. Yeah, it's it's the toughest part of like that's even like with commentary, like the first couple like matches you're kind of like trying to find the groove, try to get back into it. So it's great about the pre-show matches try to get in the groove with Wadsworth and start to pick up. And then as the show's rolling, start feeling better. 
So that's what this will end up being, I'm sure. Well, those are, you know, like much to the, you know, surprise of many. That, that's the purpose of those, you know, those pre-show matches, aka dark matches. Is, uh, you know, yeah, it does get somebody some reps in, in front of people, but it's also, you know, gives us a chance to get everything set, let you guys get you know, kind of, you know, get your nerves out and get, you know, get kind of cooking a little bit, get the, get the camera set, get everything kind of, you know, just on, on point for, you know, when we go live on, on Triller Plus, which is just, I mean, uh, the, the live era, I'm still kind of like, so like indecisive about it because like, I think that we're doing a lot of great stuff but it's just like everything's got to be so produced and like so you know what i mean like timed and all that and i feel like yeah. it's good but it's also like kind of takes out takes away of like the you know like the grittiness of independent wrestling so to speak and like you know it's just everything evolves and all that but that's the one part i don't like about everything is like you know i, I just kind of losing that just like I don't know, like independent wrestling feel, so to speak, like of, you know, and I know people are, you know, people feel all sorts of different ways and maybe Dustin, you can weigh in on it, but like there were some AW shows back in the day, like you're getting a minimum of 12 matches. <laughs> yeah. 12 matches, uh, no time limits really. Like nobody was sticking to times. You're just sitting there all day. Like, I mean, you definitely got your bang for your buck. That's for sure. But see that was mine and Biggins like mantra was like you know when we went to like Cleveland All Pro shows like that was the plan for the day so like you know I wasn't like looking at my watch going like what when's this gonna be over I like I wanted it to last forever and that was kind of where we were at but uh, I don't know like <laughs> that is that, that changed somewhere along the way with the majority of people I feel like and like people want things tighter. Uh, so, you know, we did adjust to that. I remember one time there was, we booked somebody that was, uh, I don't know, like relatively a name and like, they were just like, ah, I'm not coming. You guys run too many, too many matches. I decided <laughs> to just stay home. That's funny. And, uh, I think yeah. I know who it is. Yeah. I mean, he's at, at, on national television now, but yes, uh, yeah, just, uh, I don't know. Like, we were always just like, well, I mean, this is like, we we spent all this time on this. Like, we don't want it to be over either. So Yeah, and that was, honestly, you always said, too, back then, like, AIW was meant to be, like, a party. And, like, you're never at a party, like, man, when is this party going to end? But And, like, that's that was the atmosphere that it was. Like, it's never like it got, like I said, you got... 20 minute you got 12 20 15 to 20 minute matches but they were all bangers all the way through well and <laughs> well time for the time for the time for the time and then like and not just that like alcohol was in abundance uh everybody had their friends there it's not like you were just like sitting there just waiting for something to happen like it was always even like between matches stuff was going on between like you just had it like i said it was a party atmosphere you're not you're not waiting for you're not ready for the party to be over and that's why after parties became such a big thing too i think yeah i mean uh and that's one thing that i don't want to compromise on is like i always feel like we need to be in a venue that serves alcohol i just think that adds to the atmosphere and everything and you know i know there's all these people that are like well you know why don't you go back to mount carmel or one of these other places and it's like well you know uh the beer thing is like way out of the way out the window even if we were allowed to go back to mount carmel based on that whole situation that happened with all that stuff so like uh i'm not really gonna push that you know what i mean like uh unless you know i, I think that you need to have alcohol at an aw show uh even if people don't drink you know i just think it needs to be an option and available so that's just something that i don't want to compromise on so like when we're you know when we're always looking for a venue or th things like that like most of those just like church like church rooms or whatever like those aren't even like those aren't even on the radar anymore because like uh, there was that one i don't remember which one there was definitely a venue somewhere along the way that like 
we did not we could not have alcohol at it and it was just like such a weird totally off vibe and uh, i just don't want to ever go back to that i think it's something that's like about those summer shows that we do too like the one-off shows kind of that we don't end up like streaming live it has that feel that you were talking about where it's just kind of like a little more loose you know, everything, when we stream live, everything's got to be so on time, you know what I mean? Because everybody's sticking to the times and everything's so, you know, you know, on, on a schedule. It's it's nice in the summer to get to some of those, you know, we have some of those fair shows, but. Yeah, where, like, things are a little looser and you can let things fly a little bit. Um, and they have, they, have, they have alcohol at all those, too. That's the best thing about it. They, have, they sell alcohol at all these fairs and stuff. It's great. You get a corn dog and a beer. Yeah, you also have Josh Bishop's mom that will drop off a full cooler full of alcohol for the wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, That's allegedly. Bad. I think we can get trouble for that, can't we? Yeah, I don't know. Watch out. I don't think we can. Maybe we can't. Statue of Limitations is up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, and then, like it's like you said, like even at North Canton, it is like open carry, so like, you can go down the street to the bar, grab a drink, and then come back to wrestling. And, open container. <laughs> Big carry means well, something else. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Open Open container. Yeah, I mean, no. it is open carry, too. We live in Ohio. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. It's just uh, it, it's just weird, but I know that there's, like, a lot of this this big fan movement that, like, you know, everyone feels this, like, certain type of way about, you know, like, some people are, like, you know, Turner's Hall people. Some people are Mount Carmel people. Some people are Odeon people, you know, and it's just, like, I don't know, like, that the venue really makes – anything it, 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 to be honest like it, i have no connection really to, to any venue it's just like because we're always going to do what we can do now no matter what venue we're at you know just like uh, i guess like a moment in time like yeah during mount carmel you could get a lot of people that went on to become very famous before they were famous for v- pretty cheap in those days you know but like that could never happen again you know even if those people became available it would that is just a moment in time that can never be replicated and you know you could say the same thing about the turner's hall era or the same thing about the odian era you know like most of those fond memories could never be replicated anyway yeah i mean who really really want to go back and do the same thing over again i think you know changing and evolving you know is is what we're aiming for not just doing the same shit all over and over again I yeah. think evolving's really the right word too, because like as somebody who was there, I was there through pretty much the entire Turner's Hall, throughout the entire Mount Carmel, throughout the Odeon. I was there through all of it, like good times and bad, and it really has been an evolution of the product, of the brand, of the wrestling. All of it has like it's definitely gotten better. Like none of it has ever stayed stagnant or plateaued, really. Well, you know, it's just like, it's just kind of funny. It's like you see those people that are like, man, that was the best show since the blah, blah, blah era. And it's just like, I don't, that's just, you know, like that is your connection. But like other people have a connection to the Masonic Temple or the Tadmore Shrine. You know what I mean? And it's just like, uh, I also think people kind of look back on, you know, whatever their, you know, their, whatever their quote unquote era is. And, you know, they just kind of, uh, you know, like, they just associate it like knowing what they know now in a way, which is like, you know, it, they were great at the time, but now like you can look back on whatever and be like, you know, MJF was there, Shayna Baszler was there, you know, like all these, di- you know, Kevin Owens was there, you know, like all these different kind of people have gone on to become these like great things. So I think it's like easier to kind of look back on whatever your respective era is, like knowing today's knowledge you know what i mean like knowing what everybody went on to become you know like if everyone like you know like i don't know like nobody really gives a fuck about the peabody's era because like nobody really not that many people made it out of the peabody's era you know what i mean so like uh maybe there's a couple people that are still around that that remember those days but like i think everything kind of is associated with like the fame that came out of, you know, whichever era and that maybe I'm totally off base, but like, you know, I saw a lot of people that were like, Oh man, like that last temple show was just like the closest thing to a Mount Carmel show ever. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a compliment. You know what I mean? Because of the names around it, you mean? I think it's more of the amount of people that were there. I think when you get like the, the amount of people that were at the temple, 
at this patch at Terror at the Temple compared to like let's say I think Make Him Say All was probably the biggest show at Mount Carmel. Um like Make no, Him Say All Gargano. You don't think farewell. so? Gargano. Oh like Gargano, yeah, I guess Gargano Farewell probably. Yeah. But even then, like the numbers were probably close in like the amount of people. And I think that the amount of people is a big part of what makes an AIW show that much better. Like when the crowd's getting amped, when you have that many people in one spot and everybody's craving the same thing. It's like going to a concert and everybody's singing along to the songs. You just get that like rush of energy. And I think that's a big part of like what made Terror at the Temple feel like those older shows because it was a it was a very large crowd, especially for that building and for the amount of people we've had in that building before. Yeah, we should have claimed it was fifteen hundred like the NWA did. <laughs> That's all you had to do is hand out a couple hand out a couple tickets. We had more people. I was there. <laughs> I was incognito in a disguise. I know how many people were at the NWA. There was not as many people that were right there at the temple. And I know what uh, I know what our shoot number is and I know what their reported number is and uh I don't know. I ours is a little bit more honest. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, like and that's the thing is like you got to credit some of these kind of new school guys as to really pushing people to get down to these shows, you know, like your Austin James's and in in Eric Taylor's and Sam Holloway's and, you know, Shaw Mason, like these people are, are genuinely pushing the product and it's helping create that atmosphere that we did have it you know, Mount Carmel or a Turner's Hall or, you know, an Odeon, whatever it is, like it's all kind of evolving and like it's coming back around with these new guys that are, that are, that are pushing to, to new, you know, new audiences. Like I'll, I'll never forget, you know, the, well, you know, Turner's Hall, like there were a couple good ones and, but for the most part, it was, you know, like a consistent, you know, like 200 or so, you know, give or take, uh, like pretty much the same people that went all the time. And I'll never forget, like, as soon as we made the move to Mount Carmel, those crowds doubled, like, instantly and stayed, you know what I mean, stayed at that doubled number. And, you know, again, it would go, you know, sometimes, you know, it would go way up. Like, sometimes it would go, you know, it, it would go a little beneath, but like, I remember like the Turner's all people, which, you know, Dustin, you you could have been involved, you know, in this, but you know, the Turner's all people were kind of like mad, like these 200 more people found their like secret club or something, you know what I mean? And like, it took a little bit of like a, a growing together period before, like it really turned into a community at those, you know, Mount Carmel shows. And then, you know, uh, then you try to relocate that whole community down, you know, like, yeah, we we went to that weird Parma building that for like a show or two that you know that never really clicked and then you know the Odeon kind of turned into its own thing but I'll never forget that kind of like it the crowds doubled as soon as we moved to Mount Carmel and like there was a little bit of there's a little bit of tension you know like hey like who you know who's this you know who are these fucking people you know what I mean yeah it was definitely a them versus us mentality um for sure co-mingling everyone in together (laughs) yeah because i mean like you look at the if you look at you can see who's there turner's all because there's only like thorn said he said 200 like regularly but like that 200 regularly sometimes was like 100 regularly sometimes it was like i mean girls night out shows it was like 30 regularly like it wasn't always that but like it was always those same people there like it's not like I mean, Girls Night Out had a couple people that weren't regulars, but you always saw the regulars. Like, there was, like, a core probably 100 to 50, 100 people, maybe 50, pe- 50 to 100 people, I think, who would be at every single show, and they then transfer over to Mount Carmel. And, like, in the days of uh, Turner's Hall, you showed up, first come, first serve for your ticket, like, boom, we knew we'd be. We knew we were getting there two hours before the show started. We were getting our front row seats. We were sitting in the same spot we always sat in, and nobody ever really tried to take those seats either, which was always kind of nice. And then the turnover to Mount Carmel when it started to become okay. Well, because of the amount of people seating is now a 
necessary. So like it costs more money to sit front row. It costs more money to sit second we, row. I don't know if I don't know if we did that at Mark Carmel. I did. You did after the first show because I know on the first show uh, we showed up. We sat we sat in like the seats and like there was a row that were just kind of like set out for other people. But then after that, you started charging for like front row, second row, things like that. Maybe that's front, when maybe front row. I don't know about second row. Um, and that's the that's the thing that sucks is like there's no um, like no actual documentation of ticket sales when it started. Yeah, like prior to a couple of years ago because this is what's this is what was crazy is you know Biggins would do all that stuff and then when he got sick I'm kind of like left with this mess and what I discovered is what he like we would just put a PayPal cart or whatever on our website and then Biggins would just hand type every order into a like everybody's name into a list so like there was no ticketing or like no like automated report or anything like it was just the day the the, like morning of a show he would just go and like he would just log into he would just log into paypal and like because that was pretty much the only transactions on our paypal were ticket sales and then he would just go down and he would just type out every order you know, like Dustin Alberti, you know, plus one. And, uh, like that was it. Like that was, that, 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 that was all the information that we had. Like now, you know, like when we moved to Eventbrite, like, you know, it's all kind of automated and you, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can set ticket levels and like it does, it does all that for you. But like when Biggins got sick and I took it over, it was just like literally like just, in the first couple shows, you know, well, actually, like for a while, because <coughs> we didn't move to Eventbrite for at least a few months. Um, I don't think we moved to Eventbrite until uh, the WrestleMania weekend show. Uh, and then, you know, we started doing it at the Odeon. So, I mean, that's not that long ago, really, if you think about it. But I would have, like, I would have to do the same thing. Like, it was like, it was so much, it was so much work, you know? So like, I can't even believe that we would sell that we even did rows in those days. Yeah. When I first started coming, it was just front row, early entry and front row. And then everyone else was just, it was just, uh, you know, first come first serve for second, third and fourth or whatever. Um, because I remember once, once I figured out that you could get in early, once you got front row seats, I was like, that's it's, I'm not waiting in that line anymore. Like I can, I can never go back now. You know what I mean? Um, but that I, I don't I don't want to say that you ever did like second, third, or fourth at Mount Carmel. I could be wrong. Maybe one of the last couple of shows. But I always thought it was just front row, and then everything else was. Yeah, Pat, that sounds right. Yeah, because I know front row definitely costs more money. Because mm-hmm. that's when we stopped sitting front row and started sitting in the bleachers. But it was only like the funny thing was it was only like ten bucks more because that was my. Yeah. I laughed about. it. I was like, man, for ten bucks. Because you know, some of those winter shows are going to be cold or this or that. We got to go in early. I'm like, I will never not do front row again just for sheer, just for the early entry because I think that's so worth it for whatever. It was like 10 bucks extra, you know? Yeah. See, all that stuff is kind of like a blur to me, but uh, I'm kind of shocked that we even did did any sort of rows. But, uh, like, I, I could see it being, like, front row and then nothing. You know what I mean? Like nothing. Everything else was a free for all because even at the Odeon, we would just do uh, like we would do front row, and then we started doing stage seating, and then everything was a free for all. And then like we really didn't get into like the the rows until the Tadmore Shrine, kind of. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. It's just been a weird. It's been it's been a weird kind of evolution and you know it's next year will be like 20 years of doing aw and i feel like i don't fucking know how to like i don't know how to do shit you know what i mean like it's it's not never gotten easier it's like there's you know you you solve a you solve one riddle and you get like 10 more uh but yeah like 2005 was the first show and you know next year is gonna be 2025 that's fucking crazy 
Any plans to book anything uh, for a show that, you know, from any, like the oldest AIW, you know, roster member you could think of from that era at all? Oh, God. Like, M Dog was, was he around at the very he was early on the first, days? He was on the first J-Pro. show. J Pro. Yeah. 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 Josh Prohibition main evented the first show. M Dog was on the first show. There's, I mean, there's a couple guys that were on that first show that are still active, but like. Because I know, you know we did the one match of those two when they had like their twenty or twenty-five year in wrestling type uh, match that anniversary. We had that yeah twenty year. It was twenty years, 20 years? Uh, from like the time that they were first in a, in a ring, uh, which okay. was a show that I promoted when I was fifteen years old. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> April twentieth, nineteen ninety-nine. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it, it's been kind of a weird weird evolution, and it's just like. I don't know, you know, like we, you know, we had this meeting a couple of weeks ago and it's just like, you know, you just have the new, you just have a new set of problems and it's just like, it's not like we know anybody's coming for sure. You know what I mean? So it's just, uh, it's been, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's never gotten easy, you know? And like, I mean, I think that's just kind of what makes AW what it is though, is like, you know, you, you gotta fucking, there's no easy buckets, you know, you gotta, you got to work for it all and you got to, you got to earn it. So, you know, I, I think it keeps, you know, all of us grounded, you know, in theory, would I love for somebody to like give me a million dollars or something like, sure. But then I don't know if I'd really fucking put that much work into it either. You know, like, I don't know. Well, I do think we have some people coming to our next show. Uh, front row is sold out, I believe. And second row is close from what you said, yeah, I believe. I think, right? I think there's uh, only 10 second row tickets left i can i can get that number for you in a minute but yeah for, for premium seating up. yeah premium yeah, seating is going quick stan hansen in the building i mean uh you if you if you want to if you want a seat you should probably get to get to eventbrite and uh pick up your seat uh, because we don't have many left yeah so <clears throat> there's about uh 15 second rows and about 23rd rows left Akron, I know we do have a big we have a big day of walk up at Akron too. So if you want a seat, I would get to that website and pick those up because wait until the day of on, on Akron shows is not the move. If you want big to return see. of Paul London, he's coming back. We announced that. Yeah, as announced today, we got a four way match: uh, Big Sam Har- Hardway Holloway, Paul London, Joshua Bishop, and Alec Price in a four way. Which no ta- no more tag no no tag team for Josh is going to be a four on four you know and he's not tagging up with anybody yeah I don't know I, he just keeps he just keeps landing in those uh, but uh, he's going to learn those rules one way or the other that's how I feel always love when Paul London comes back uh, there's really not any I mean Filthy Tom Paul London these guys I feel like they're pretty much main roster members at this point uh, some of my favorite people that we we keep bringing back you know I can't think of anything anybody better than than Paul what about you Dustin I love Paul London he's just a nice human being generally nice human being to be around it's yeah, great stories great. you know great guy to be around just in general at wrestling yeah and just like one of those guys that you know he's like from this weird era to where like you know he can have worked you know alec price and he's also you know been in the ring with eddie guerrero you know brian danielson like he's like he's just wrestled everybody because just because he's from that era you know i watched him versus eddie guerrero from a smackdown last night (laughs) and i you know i actually sent it out into like our student group chat last night but uh yeah just uh very much looking forward to that um do you guys want to talk about uh, Terror at the Temple a little bit? Sure. Yeah, let's go. I mean, you know, Dustin, you kind of have, you know, a, a different perspective than than us. You know, you're you're, you're like you're front of the house, I guess, technically. Yeah, I have to watch the whole show. You got to watch the whole show. In the back, there's a lot going on. You know, you got t- Teddy Long running amok backstage. And everything <laughs> else, so. Before the before the show, running amok. Teddy was great, <clears throat> but yeah, he was. He was like, he like wanted to do these photo ops with his Undertaker belt, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then like he got, he was like, he got mad because his like agent like didn't tell me about it in time, and then I was like, well, "Where is it? Just well, I didn't bring it. I didn't think that you'd let me 
He said like the WWE gifted him the special Undertaker belt because he always you know made people go one on one with the Undertaker. <laughs> he's gonna do these photo ops, and I'm just like, it's such a weird thing. I, I was like, Teddy, if you want, if you fucking get the belt. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Why would you uh, care? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was he was uh, excellent, excellent. But uh, yeah, I guess Dustin, you know, I'll let you kind of dive in and give your perspective since you know you're the special guest this week i'm special <laughs> guest um yeah no i mean it was a great show like even from like my standpoint i get where people were saying like it was a like i, like I said earlier it was a hot crowd like there were a lot of people there everybody was going the entire time uh pretty much top to bottom like every match showed up did what they were supposed to do nobody like shit the bed necessarily um you rocking back different... and forth in a, in a chair, dude? You got a creepy chair. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, I, I kicked my uh, I kicked my desk. Fucking Justin Summers is going to get on me about the fucking oh, no. quality of this. I'll have to cough in a minute. Um, Yeah, like, and then, like, even the main event, like, Zagura took over. So I originally went backstage because, you know, at that point, I'm done for the night for the most part. I go back there. I'm watching on the monitors, and I kind of realized, like, Oh, shoot, like, we have a lot of new students who don't necessarily know what's going on. We have a lot of students in different places. You can say that again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We have a lot of students in different places, so it's not like like we have students out by the merchandise, so, like, those students aren't available to help maintain stuff. We have students who are, like, running cameras now, so those students can't be out there, like, trying to maintain stuff. So, like, I was like, well, this is what I'm here for, and I went out there and I... Kind of started getting in there and letting getting people out of the way, doing things like that. And it was just it was it was wild. Like everything was just wild. Security enforcer Alberti. I mean, it's it was uh, it's one of the rules as an AAW student. Yeah, well, I mean, jeez, don't get me started on these fucking students. <laughs> it's it's a different breed these days. We're giving out demerits again this week. It's fucking. a different breed. Jeez, I mean, ugh, I don't know. You know, like uh, sometimes I just go. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> this is, like, my favorite thing of the fucking students. There's fucking garbage everywhere. There's all this shit, you know, like, laying around. And, like, people be, like, walking up to me, like, all right, Thorne, I'll see you. <laughs> like, I'm just <laughs> like, what? Like, you know, like, what? Like, show's not even over. Main event's not even done yet. All right, yeah, guys, I'll see you later. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, right, I got to get going. I guess you're just going to get out of here then. Like, what? You know, like, people just have no fucking, I don't know, like, just, I'm just, I don't know. Like, know, fuck, you know, I guess it's just different. It's, maybe it's generational or something. I don't know. But it's just I, like, I don't know what it is. I wish I knew. You know, like, when I was, like, like I would, like, I was, like, ecstatic if JT Lightning would be like, hey, fucking help me with this fucking ring. You know, like, I paid, Same. I bought a ticket and, you know fucking tearing down fucking you know like i was just fucking happy to be there you know like turner's halls days that's that's what turner's hall days were like you'd be there turner's hall show would be over and like laporta and i would be sticking around picking up garbage helping tear the ring down move the move the ring to the basement yeah it's just like i don't know it's just just what it was it's just like i don't want to get off on a tangent here but it's just like you know i'm down love a good tangent i will make fun of the students all i can i'll see you you know i'm just like what like, I, I should I should be gone before you. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? You know, like, uh, then like you know, Pedro's like, I need a student. <laughs> so I'll stand there. You know, like, oh, I don't think he's talking to me. You know, that's, like, yeah, the last show when we were waiting, I crazy. told you that was hilarious. I'm like, there's like three of you standing right here. Raise your hands, any of you. Yeah. Just do something. But like I said, like I was, I was sitting there and I'm like, wow, a lot of these students are just, they're not ready for this. I don't think anybody really gave them the like, hey, when this leaves the ring, like make sure you're making sure that like fans are out of the way and no one's about to get hit with a garbage can or hit with a piece of door that's from another match or anything like that. So I just yeah, kind of went out there. You got to sacrifice yourself for the fucking... Yeah liability of the company yeah i don't know how many students were there to help or to make sure that they didn't die when they fell from the balcony but i don't think a lot of students were over i think it was mostly just the wrestlers oh dude i mean 
I, it, it Don't just, get Thorn started on the balcony it's, spot. It's my boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pedro was screaming at me. I go. <laughs> That's not even... And that wasn't even... So I know because I had just watched a video recently. NWA did balcony spot. And they did, they did a balcony spot over by, like, the soundboard. Like, where we were getting in trouble for... Oh, they did setting a door off. I think NWA had a little bit more cachet than we do. You know, the still. fucking Smashing Pumpkins booking agent or whatever called them. You know, they were they, they were ecstatic about that. So I think they got a little bit more cachet than me and Pedro. You know what I mean? They got yeah. they got a little bit more cash as well too. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, cachet and cash. Uh, but you know, it's just. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't remember them saying, like, hey, you can't do something in the balcony. But, like, apparently they told somebody at some point somewhere along the way. Uh, because, like, it was just, I don't know. that They were just so mad about that. But I think yeah. it's it's all good. You know, I th- they will see. You know what I mean? Like, I sent everything in for the return show. So, you know, hopefully I hear something tomorrow. Uh, that it's you know it's a green light and all that stuff and then we'll get we'll roll that information out next week but fingers fingers crossed on that I mean I love the fucking temple I don't know like somebody was like listen to this podcast Dave <laughs> you know they hate you or whatever I'm just like what are you talking about like, yeah that's the thing I was about to say like I love the temple I think the temple has a cool vibe to it I think it has a good look when it's shot the right way and there's the right amount of people especially in that big room but like there are issues with running there but i think it all kind of comes out in the wash with the pro with the product that comes out like i mean there's issues I think, with every venue, yeah you know like at no venue, even no venue is like ecstatic about independent wrestling like let's even just, the tadmore oh god yeah I mean, at the end of almost every tadmore show at the end of almost every tadmore show it's we need to clean this blood up oh there's a bag sitting in front of a door make sure this bag is gone before anybody and i'm like Okay, I'll find out whose bag it is. The one, the get one your bag tab, out of here. The one Tamar show, they got like a new person in charge and they fired everybody in the middle of our event. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, yes. They did like a, they gave, they fired all the, all the workers. <laughs> so I was like, oh dude, we are so done. I remember the, that. Somehow that, that smoothed over. But it, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like, yeah, there's no venue is like, I mean, even the Odeon, like, the guy, like, the guy we dealt with loved it, but the owner fucking wanted to kick his, like, he tried kicking us, like, he would try canceling shows, like, day of, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he got mad that we used towels once. Yeah, yeah. I remember like, that. Oh, he was you like, you're fucking, using, you're, they're using our towels. Towels like, that we brought, the, we brought ourselves, too. He's like, oh, you fucking using towels. Using <laughs> <laughs> towels. Fucking towels. He's the the towels. rags you have behind the bar? Oh, what you want from us? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, but like at every venue, kind of hates independent wrestling, and it's just like, you know, you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But you know, the only thing that's undeniable is when people come out, you know, like they did at, at Terror at the Temple, you know, and you have you know almost seven hundred, you know, paid in there, you know, like that numbers like that are undeniable to almost any venue, you know, like they're gonna take that, they're they're gonna take that, you know seven days out of seven days a week if they can um so you know we just have to keep that momentum going at that building you know i know it's i know it's tough i know people you know have their feelings on you know certain things there but it's it it makes such a great atmosphere when it's you know when it is like that and um what i like about it is there is room to grow in there you know there's certainly room to shrink as well as we saw you know jail at weekend but like if you if we could somehow grow off of that terror at the temple number you know like that could be a really fucking cool thing i mean like you said that room in general when it's packed and the crowd is hot it's it's undeniable if you were there for terror at the temple you know exactly what we're talking about the crowd was hot from start to finish all night and it just it just makes for an independent wrestling atmosphere that is just completely, you know, it's unlike anything else. You know, you, those shows are huge. It feels, you know, it feels huge. And it was a great, it was a great night. I think things like that too. They also help AIW like continue to grow, not even just with fans, but like with stars like that night, like 
I think Dex Royal really cemented his spot as like a star. I think Mikey Montgomery has far out went like far away anybody's expectations of him over these last few shows. And I think it was even more so cemented at the temple. And then Eric Taylor obviously has been on fire lately, or even like a guy like Sam, Sam Holloway is way beyond anywhere. I thought he'd be at this point in his career. He was like my, like, I don't know if this kid's going to be what everybody thinks he's going to be when he was coming out of that class. I, I mean, thought he Dom, had everything he possibly could be, but Dom picked him and Dom, you know, like Dom said, you know, uh, there's only been a few people that Dom has like been like, hey, Sam Holloway's one, Tyler Jordan is another one. Um, you know, uh, other people, you know, like they kind of grow into what they're gonna what they're gonna become as the training goes on. But those two, for sure, Dom Dom pegged like day one, you know. And I don't know if that was like his like Jim Ross, uh, you know, like hey, these guys are D one athletes, or you know what I mean? Like it was something, <laughs> you know. Like, I mean, I was there on both of their day ones. Like I can tell you, like Tyler Jordan, it was one of those like weird like. So usually you like you always start with your roles during class and like usually it's like, all right, let me show you how to do this role once it's your turn. Didn't have to show Tyler Jordan at all. Tyler Jordan just boom, boom, boom. Perfectly fine. And then then there's like a rope running roll drill. And I was like, all right. And Dom's like, I'm not going to teach him to run the ropes. Let's see what he does. And he starts hitting the ropes and like almost perfect. And we're like, all right. Like just everything Tyler Jordan did was like spot on as soon as it started to catch on he's like he's one of those people who can just see something happen and then pretty much replicate it as soon as he sees it and i think big sam he again i don't i didn't dislike big sam it's not why i didn't think he was gonna be where he is today but i think his own intelligence was gonna get in his way but he's oh, been able to overcome that guys, somehow one of the dumbest guys <laughs> ever met in my life one of the dumbest human beings one of those just something dumbest. something about those really big guys him josh bishop like just there's not enough not enough blood going up there no josh is favorite people josh is pretty smart yeah, yeah. josh uh, josh pretends <laughs> he, he puts he does, he's doing a bit with you i think he's, he's he, he keeps you keeps you guessing keeps you on your toes yeah, sam like, though woo. Sam, or like Shaw Mason. Um, oh, Shaw Mason with they, the fucking uh, Jason Voorhees medallion that he showed me on his first day of training. There's the coffee I'm going to get yelled at for, Justin Summers. Um, Shaw Mason listened to the podcast. He brought it up. He's like, I thought I was showing you something real cool, man. Yeah, I bet. The one time Probably, like, why he, you he gets me on really podcast, hurt. Man? Why you he gets really hurt. <laughs> I love Shaw, though, Shaw though, he was another one that Dom picked, just based yeah. on his amateur wrestling background. But that's Shaw was the same way. Like, Sam... Like first day he's in there, like he's learning lockups because he when when people catch on that quick, Dom will kind of let you. He'll kind of like give you enough rope to let you hang yourself type thing. Like, okay, you did the rolls really well. I'm not gonna really try to train you on deluding those anymore. Oh, you hit the ropes really good. All right, well this is your first day. Let's teach you how to do a lockup. But like, Sam was doing lockups, but everybody there is way smaller than Sam. So I was like, well. I can do a lockup. Let me get in there with Sam. I locked up with Sam and like, I felt like, I was like, all right, this kid knows what he's doing. And like, that was the same thing with Tyler Jordan. At one point I'd lock, I did a drill with Tyler Jordan. I lock up with him. We were doing like, we we're trading holds and like, there's certain people where you do it with them and you're like, Oh, this guy feels different than like somebody else who's doing it. And I think that was my big takeaway from somebody like Tyler Jordan or Sam. Like they're, they're both the type of person who, you can just feel and see them doing something and you can tell that it's right and that it's the thing that's supposed to be done. Neither rookies of the year, though. On the no category. rookie of the year, Shelby Wilder. <laughs> well, they I tried. They tried to vote Sam, but uh, he was not, he's not even a rookie. rookie. That's what he's I'm saying. They tried. They tried to vote for him, but it wasn't his rookie year. <laughs> they said August to August, and I was like, no, it's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, because you weren't you the one that called him on it, Dustin? I think. Right? Yeah. 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 It's not even how that works. Not even a rookie. <laughs> Sophomore. Sophomore. Yes. Yeah, Shaw Mason didn't even get a, a, a lot. Not even an honorable mention. Not even nominee. Shelby Wilder, though. Alex Maley didn't get it. That's my guy. That's it. Say that's your guy. That's Thorne's guy. It. And like that is again, you know, we're, we're going to send it out. You know, put it out there into the to the ethos or whatever. Um, you know, we are looking to, to add these bar shows so you know we can get these guys reps you know like sometimes you know guys are phenomenal athletes on day one 
you know, others, it takes a little bit of time for them to grow into, you know, themselves as wrestlers. And that's what was so important about those Winchester shows, you know, like there's in like somebody like, like Nipsey Nash, you know, like he would just learn so like he would, I think he would connect so much with enough time to, to figure out his character work and his bit, you know what I mean? And like, uh, he, you know, has so many interesting things that he can do. He just needs the time to develop it, you know? And like also, you know, like Tyson Riggs, you know what I mean? I think that there's, you know, he's just in this like an unfortunate, you know, in between spot to where like, if he had a platform, you know, like the Winchester, you know, I think he would like very much excel if he had enough time to kind of develop his, you know, his bits and then also showcase, you know, he is a very talented technical wrestler. And, you know, I think Mm -hmm. jujitsu, I I think he's like pretty high ranked in jujitsu, you know, but he just has not had that time. And there's only so many spots on these main shows, um, you know, to where, it takes a little bit longer for some of these guys. And, uh, that's, you know, that is the hope, you know, that, that is my main hope in 2024 that we can address is finding this, you know, finding a place for these guys to be able to kind of grow and, and, and develop and get in there, you know, like some of these, you know, other guys, like, you know, think about how long, you know, Josh Bishop and Wes Barkley and, and, and Trey Lamar, like, think about how long those guys were kind of in the AW system, you know, and like how long it really took for them to, to start clicking and, you know, kind of being accepted by the crowd as well. You know, it, 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 even Dom, you know, it, it took a, it took a while. Go back and look at, you know, Dom's first year, you know, like he's in scrambles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw that picture when on Wes's birthday of Josh, of a young Josh Bishop with his glasses and stuff and like how young he looked and yeah think of think of the journey of Josh Bishop from then to now yeah i mean jeez i mean that's i mean it's probably like 6 6 years 7 years you yeah. know at this point so you know that's it, it's a long time you know it didn't happen overnight for anybody and um you know i think if if we can lock in some of those you know so like some of those kind of other you know like weeknight you know thursdays or sundays or something you know what i mean like a place to where you know they can get in there now with the guys that you know pme perfect example you know what i mean like took them a long time uh and you know but now you know they can these people can kind of take what they've learned and pass it on and so forth like that's what the beauty of really aw is at this point is like it's it's really a a well-rounded system of just, you know, so much, so much knowledge and experience, you know, that people get at the school. We just need to find a place where they can actually get in there and, and wrestle at, at length. Yeah. Well, if you have a place, bar or something like that anywhere, remember we said, uh, Jim at AIWrestling.com, send an email, you know, let's get the conversation started because it's, uh, it's kind of something we're really, really trying to nail down for 2024 in AIW for sure. What do you think about that, Dustin? Primary number one, I think. I mean, (laughs) you know, I've gone out and tried to find venues. Like, it's everybody's out there trying to find them. It's just trying to, it's actually finding them. Like, I've talked to bar owners who, like, they've said, "Oh, we're looking for a second bar. Like, we're we're out to buy a new bar. If we find a place that has enough space, we definitely would be into it." And then they don't find a bar, or you just don't hear from ever again. Like. There's been a lot of, I went to a couple places that were in the area and it just, the space wasn't big enough. It's really just finding the space that's big enough is really the biggest issue. I actually thought I just had one. A guy I know that I, I used to work for, do a bunch of work for, he worked, owned a car dealership. He bought a bar recently in Brooklyn Heights and I was like, oh man. So I went there to do science stuff for him, take a bunch of measurements and stuff. And I was like, you ever think about having professional wrestling inside your bar? He's like, what? I was like, yeah, I work for a professional wrestling company. We're always looking for like a place that, you know, we have these bar shows. He's like, that sounds incredible. I was like, let's, I was like, can you fit a ring in there? He's like, let's go inside and look. Cause he had just bought it. He didn't, he's like, I never even thought, you know, but the back room, we could fit the ring, but there'd be like not really room for anyone to stand. It can, and the, the ceiling's high enough too. But there would there would not be much standing room, so I don't know if we could. I don't know if we. But I was like, damn, he was like all for it too. I was like, all right, here we go. I thought I had one. The search continues. 
yeah you just that's the that's the thing it's like you just never know you know and like you gotta you gotta find it at a place where you know you can obviously do a cheaper ticket and things like that and you know there's uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it um so i don't know i'm gonna shoot out some some emails tomorrow actually um since i don't have to go into work and 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 see what i can shake loose but yeah i really just think that that, that's my big goal for 2024 i mean we got a lot of goals but you know i i really think you know some of these guys that are kind of like in that in between you know kind of like they we got to find a spot you know we got to find spots for them you know and like uh, a, a place for them and that's really kind of a you know <laughs> that weighs on me pretty heavy you know and like we're always trying to you know get people on to like the main show and stuff and then it's just like you know it's like you gotta worry you know like you gotta fill that temple you know like as much as you can so it's like um you have to make you have to make some difficult choices uh well i have to make some difficult choices you know and it's just like um you know I, i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that like this is a, a problem that can be solved you know pretty early on in 2024 and like I know for like some of them that's probably like extremely like disappointing. Like you worked a year and a half to train to wrestle, you have your first match, and you're like, all right, ready to go, and then it's kinda like, all right, you get a pre show match here, you can get then like I think all of them also understand that it's not because they can't be on the shows, it's just that there's no space for them right now and that they need Right. I mean they it's all just know like- that. Like it's it's just it's like such a killer to some of their motivation, I'm sure. If you yeah, think and I about mean, it's it. just it's no you know, it's really at no fault to them, you know, and it's just like um it, it, you know, it's it's a wave, it goes up, it goes down, people are in the rotation, people fall out of the rotation, you know, but there's only so many spots, you know, and like at the end of the day, you, you know, you, you got to bring in somebody like a Paul London or an Alec Price and, you know, like you have to keep delivering all, like also a a certain standard of in the ring, you know what I mean? And like, um, that's where it, it gets, it, it can get a little tricky. Like, you know, luckily a lot of our, you know, homegrown people have, have grown into tremendous performers, but like we were just saying, like, what are the, what does it take Wes and Josh and, you know, five, six, seven years, you know what I mean? Like Kaplan, like I think started training in 2015, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's it's taken a long time for them to kind of become these you know like mainstay people like people that people look forward to and there was a lot of time where people wanted to see none of them you know what I mean like uh, Wes Barkley or you know Josh Bishop or you know when they were doing their no consequences with which was really just an excuse to get them in the ring you know like people <laughs> were not excited to see them on cards. You know, like, especially, you know, when you were seeing Johnny Gargano and MJF and, you know, Colt Cabana and Shayna Baszler and all, you know, the Young Bucks and all these different, you know, major, major talents, you know, people weren't so excited to see, you know, Trey Lamar in a second match, you know, on a, on a main AIW card. Um, you know, now they, they love them, but like, you know, uh, some of us on this podcast remember the days that people absolutely despised it and you know that's that's where we're also trying to kind of protect some of these some of these guys that aren't necessarily ready to go out there and perform at that level yet i mean like really if you think about it with those thursday shows you would think that's about maybe six shows a year six more opportunities a year to get on a show to get in front of people six more matches i mean that compared to how many matches they could be getting now you know what i mean six more per year could really kind of add some depth to being able to like you said to develop some of these bits and characters and kind of things that some of these newer guys you know that like you said josh and trey they had those thursday shows some of these younger guys had those thursday shows where you can get you know way more matches Mentor, and or we we did shows at mentor on Mentor, the lake, yeah, tequila the, jacks yeah. yeah like you know th- those shows were almost all dedicated to them yeah yeah and i mean <clears throat> you just think about like i said like how many more matches a year and and what that could really how much help that can really help with some of these younger guys and right now we just unfortunately don't have it and that's kind of 
and I don't think it's even so much just six matches. It's like six matches in front of a quality crowd who will you'll get national recognition for being on those shows. Even if we didn't stream those shows live and we put them up at a later date or put them up somewhere else, more eyes would be on that than in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, where you're getting a booking for 10 bucks for like a carload of people. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I mean, it's, it's six like quality bookings for a student to have to make them a better wrestler, not just six bookings to have, Right to make money in front of a crowd. But my point is, is we gotta we gotta find we gotta find a place so that they can do that because, you know, that's you know that's what we do is you know how many how many of those students, especially in those early classes, got in there with like Eddie Kingston or you know some of these you know major veteran guys and you know learned and you know or you know Colin Delaney or you know to Infinity Beyond Cheech you know they you know think about the experience level of PME the first time they wrestled those guys, you know what I mean? Or, you know, and same could be said for members only. Um, you know, uh, that is what I'm ho- like, I'm hopeful that we're, we are able to accomplish in 2024 is, you know, finding a place, you know, so we can, you know, let the, let the, you know, Tyson Riggs and the Nipsey Nashes and the Alex Melees and, you know, K. Arcadia and, you know, even, you know, Brian Carson is like a guy that's been around forever. You know, like uh, there's just so many people that we have to find spots for. And, you know, that's really a, a high pri- priority goal for 2024. Yeah. Well, we did open it up to some questions to the AIW Patreon. Um, if you're not on the Patreon, feel free to sign up at patreon.com slash AI Wrestling. Uh, we put all kinds of early match stuff in there. The pod typically used to go up earlier. I don't know if that's still a perk you're throwing in there, but we usually open up to questions in the Patreon. Uh, we'll answer them here on the pod. Uh, Hersky Lee's coming back again. Uh, they want to know, is there any plans for AIW at Toy Hio this year or possibly a show the day of, kind of how we usually do, you know, a Toy Hio and AIW kind of double shot? Anything there, any plans for that? We have to find a venue, you know, like um, the, the West Side Bulls was always like very touchy with us. The What do we do, two there, three there? Mm-hmm. Two. It was always very touchy and like i don't know like it just so we started looking for another place and you know it sounded like everything was a go and then they just they went cold you know so like we need to find you know same same problem we need to find a place in the area um you know out there and um so if anybody has any leads by all by all means please uh, let us know you know um there's nothing for february i can at least tell you that um just because we have not been able to to locate uh locate a venue and you know to do it like at the toy hio place is impossible yeah i was gonna um, ask how come they never is there just not a big enough room people plus ring you know because that would take away from they the use every space obviously. they use yeah. every bit of vendor space and yeah you know they got to set up the day before and then you know then they got to tear it all down um you know it goes till four o'clock and then they're tearing it all down to whatever time you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so then you know by the time like then we would have to set the ring up and you, you know what i mean there's just to do it in that space is just impossible um you know, I I do think that it was a great kind of, you know, synergy that we had when we did the couple out there. Um, and it just, you know, like we got to find it. We got to find a place. That's that's really what it boils down to. Um, so if anybody has any leads in that area, you know, by all means, please let us know. But uh, right now there's no there's no plan just because, you know, like uh, we're, we're kind of venueless and like maybe Westside Bowl would have us back. But I don't know, you know, like he they just wanted a lot of different things and it was always kind of a, a tense kind of, I don't know, tense, tense relationship, I'll say. Um, so, you know, we're hopeful though, that we can lock something in later this year. Yeah. I mean, Somewhere I know, else. I know a lot of people really liked making a day of that, you know, hitting toy Ohio in the morning slash afternoon and then coming out to AIW. So I, if we could find a venue, that would be great. Are we having a table there again? Is there going to be another AIW table at, Toy yeah. Hyo this yeah. Hopefully. Ask Rick. Hopefully. I think I, I think so. You know, I think we kinda uh have a good good thing going with him. Yeah. 
Well, I'll open this one up to everyone. Uh, Scott Random is curious, uh, what's Twan been up to? <laughs> There's a little talk of Twan a couple weeks ago. He, he's a Twitch DJ. He's a Twitch DJ. <laughs> okay. He's a Twitch I don't DJ. know. He, like, he wanted Absolution and never saw him ever again, I don't think. That's one time Twan was like freaking out about a match. He said, Twan, you beat MJF. And he looks at me and goes, I did beat MJF. <laughs> I was like, there you go, Twan. He's yeah, I don't know. Business. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He's, his Twitter is uh, something. <laughs> there you go. You know, the other day. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I haven't seen him. I don't think, to my knowledge, I don't think I've seen him since he won at Absolution. I think he rode off into the sunset on on that. Um, <laughs> I could be wrong. You know, I don't know. I'm not uh, I'm not a frequent user of Gage Match. So, I don't know. Uh, you'll have to pull the results up uh, to see where Twan Tucker's been. But, uh, yeah, I've, to my knowledge, I don't think I've seen him since Absolution where he beat Matt Justice. Uh, I know that he got his license recently, uh, according oh, to his really? Instagram. But, nice. uh, yeah, I've not not heard from him. And, like, you know, sometimes people just disappear and, like, I'm not going to chase people down. You know what I mean? Like, we just explained we have, like, people that we can't even get on the shows that right. are actively around. You know, I, I think Twan had all the tools to make it. Um, probably still has all the tools to make it, but, you know, he hasn't been around, you know? Like, so... I'm not going to go chase you down, you know. That man showed up on NXT TV. What a story that is. Yeah. Missed his flight, flew himself to Tampa, then took a taxi from Tampa to Orlando, and then was like, hey, NXT, like, I owe, like, $500 to this taxi. <laughs> <laughs> it was something crazy like that. It's like, oh. some crazy amount of money, because he doesn't, he doesn't drive. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he didn't. He does now, but... uh yeah, just uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've not really talked to him, um, to my knowledge, any time recently. Um, another one coming in from a uh, friend, friend of the show, Stacy Silvers. Any updates on Kikotaro's status? Another, uh, where are they now? Uh, I mean, you haven't seen him wrestle in America. I think that answers everything. Uh, I don't think he's allowed to come back. Think, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was deported. Ed was saying something that I think he was looking at. They were like trying to work on it or something. Because wasn't he? He was doing like relations for somebody else coming through. He was like talking to people for somebody coming through, like doing a tour through here. Or somebody another. That's who, that's who, how I booked Masato Tanaka. Okay, maybe that, that was through that. Kiku. Okay. Yeah, but you know, um, I don't think that he can. I don't think that he can come back. You know, I think if he could come back, he would have been back. You just get um, like banned, like he's like he, wh- like why, like what did he his do? His visa wrong? was expired, I think. Huh? Like, like so, it was something to do with his visa, and you know they, I to my like he had an apartment and everything, and like I don't think he was allowed to go back. Man, I think he was like stopped and like sent back to Japan, and all his stuff, everything, was just, you know, that's it. Yeah, that stinks. It does. Well, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? That's kind of all the questions we had. It was a little short, uh, you know, short notice on the question front on Patreon. But anything you know you want to talk about before we get out of here, Dustin? Uh, no, not really. I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, I do know you had mentioned that you do kind of want to be on any other podcast. So if you're listening I do. to this and you want to be on a podcast, hit up Dustin. You want to give you know your socials how to get a hold of you. Dustin's you know book the man. He, he knows book how to me. speak. Uh, if you hear him, work for your. <laughs> Work for your co- wrestling company, do commentary. I do commentary for AIW, Black Label Pro. I'll be out in Pittsburgh in a couple weeks for 880 Wrestling. Uh, but yeah, like, book me for your wrestling shows. Uh, I'm there to talk about your matches. I do a good job. Thorne doesn't hate me, so <laughs> that means I got to be doing at least something okay. Well, I mean, you can't beat it for the price. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. And I'll give you guys a great price, too. Uh, if you if you book me for commentary but yeah uh podcast whatever it is uh find me on most social media all social media at rev tintin uh it always has been and that's about it i don't really do much else what's that mean what's what's that handled mean it's man of the oh. lord <laughs> uh, yeah man of the lord uh when i was in like seventh grade i got ordained on the internet and i always thought it was the funniest thing in the world that i was an ordained minister on the internet <laughs> So I, I just did Reverend Tintin. Tintin was like my nickname amongst like a bunch of my friends in high school. So Rev Tintin. 
Wasn't there like a cartoon called Ren Tin Tin? There was a uh, the adventures the adventures of Tin of Tin of Tin Tin, and then Rin Tin Tin was a dog. Yes. Huh. Yeah, so that's where <laughs> that comes from. Ordained minister, huh? Ordained minister. Odd. Odd. Oddly enough, there's quite a few of those in the AW uh, locker rooms. So all you gotta do, Office. all you gotta do, is just sign up on the internet. It's real easy. It's like the Church of God or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, Universal Church or something. Universal like Church. Pedro's one. Steve Guy's one. I'm sure somebody else is one. I know there's a couple fans who are. Steve Guy's one. Derek Dillinger is. Could you imagine Derek Dillinger doing your wedding? Wow. Well, <laughs> Just starts bleeding for no a, reason. I think that's a sens- sensitive subject, for him. Well, same. Uh, <laughs> Good call. Same. Jeez, come on. Well, shit. On that note, <laughs> anything else, Dora? You want to get to before we get out of here? Me? Yeah, you. No, I got nothing. We got to do this every week, so I got to save my material. Fair enough. Well. Uh, For AIW, for John Thorne, for Dustin Alberti, I'm Ronald Two Legs. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Last words, Dustin. Bye. (laughs) That's it? (laughs) That's it. That's all you got? That's all. Bye. See you guys later. Catch on the flip side. Hey, remember when you got a mohawk in my parents' backyard? I do remember that. (laughs) It's good times. That was a long time. Those were the the AIW backstage moments I'm talking about when I was still a fan. (laughs) Yeah, you got a mohawk in my back hair at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> sure, completely sober. <laughs> yeah, you know. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs>